Welcome into the third and final hour of BetQL Daily, live coast-to-coast on the BetQL Network, wherever you may be in the world on your Odyssey app, A-U-D-A-C-Y. It's free. Download it and take us with you wherever you're going, whatever you're up to. And if you're just hanging out, you know, you can watch the show as well, twitch.tv slash BetQL or on YouTube as well. Lightning bets before we wrap up. And we got to talk about some NBA storylines from over the weekend not the least of which was the Milwaukee Bucks looking like the Milwaukee Bucks again. Turns out it may not matter who the head coach is. Ugly loss to the Jazz last night. Uh, And Joel Embiid, LeBron wears a Knicks towel. I know. Oh, so much to get to as the NBA turns. But Super Bowl 58, six days away. We bring in our guy from 4 for 4 and bet spurts. Connor Allen at Connor Allen NFL on X and the social media, and he's got his preview up right now. Go to his social media, click on the link. He's got his preview live on Super Bowl 58. Good morning, Connor. Thanks for joining us. Seven and two in the last nine years on outright winners in the Super Bowl. Golf clap for you, my friend. How are you feeling early on about this one? Yeah, admittedly, I don't feel that great, uh, you know, relative to previous <laughs> years. Yeah, I mean, I'll, I'll go through the week, do all my research, type up the big article, and usually by the end, I have a pretty strong stance. Uh, I flip-flopped two or three times on who I think was going to win. At the end of the day, uh, you know, we'll discuss it more, but, you know, I wound up with the Niners, and so, uh, but I, I'm terrified of it. Betting against Mahomes, based on what we've seen the last couple of games, is a really scary proposition. Yeah, all right. What number did you get, and uh, give us the uh, bullet points why'd you uh, decide on san francisco yeah a couple key points so i think that the san francisco running game has a ton of success here against this chiefs run defense we're looking at uh the chiefs being one of the worst teams at defending zone runs the 49ers are known for that they can play heavier personnel with like two tight ends the chiefs have not been very good at defending that against the run the 49ers showed us even against the lions the packers teams that were good against the run and not very good against the pass. They still ran it. They still ran it well. And so I think in this spot in a good matchup, it's going to be really difficult for Steve Spagnuolo and the Chiefs defense really to recover. And on the other side, this 49ers defense has some holes, but they rush for a lot. They play a lot of zone defense. Patrick Mahomes threw the second most interceptions in the NFL against that uh, you know coverage there. Ten interceptions, threw it at a way higher clip. So I think the Niners are able to pull it off, but it's going to be a close one. So if you like the Niners, where are you looking prop-wise when it comes to San Francisco? Yeah, I played a couple different angles. I played Debo Samuel to go over his prop of 56.5, receiving yards. Um, you know, he's been their primary target in games with Ayuk, Debo Samuel, and George Kittle all playing together. It was like 11 games this year. Uh, he led the team in target share. Also against the Chiefs' two high coverages, which is what they play a lot. He's been kind of their primary guy underneath, you know, in the middle there. So... I think that he goes over his prop as well as I bet on a little Christian McCaffrey to an MVP. I already gave you most of the reasoning why with the running game, but I think if the Niners win uh, in a lower scoring game, then we're going to see uh, CMC hoisting that trophy. You mentioned lower scoring game, Connor Allen, a four for four and bet spurts with us here on BetQL daily. What's that doing to your view, your uh, perspective on those prop markets? Is it a lot more unders? Uh, what, what have you seen from the way the, the numbers may have moved in a couple of those markets over the weekend as well? Should we be looking under in some of these props uh, or is it still pick and choose your spots? Yeah, I think it's a little bit of pick and choose, but at the same time, I love betting unders regardless. It's just kind of a thing that I normally do. So you don't have to ask me twice. You're in a game that I already think might be leaning under to bet a lot of unders. Um, you know, I took uh, Juwan Jennings under one and a half receptions, which again, sounds egregiously low for a number for a guy that just made a sick one hand catch in the last game. But 
in games with Debo and Ayuk, he only cleared this in like two of 10 games uh, where both of them played. And one of them was in garbage time from Sam Darnold. So not expecting to see Sam Darnold here. Uh, you know, hopefully, I mean, I think it'll be a much better game if we don't. So, you know, I, I think that in this spot here, we can go with the under on Juwan Jennings. Okay. So, yeah, I, I find it interesting. And we hear this around every Super Bowl, even if you're not heavy on um, how the total is going to roll. What you always hear around props is, okay, we know the public's going to bet over. They're going to pick circle the ones they like over on the props, and they're going to bet more props than they do uh, the rest of the year. But what a lot of the pros, the sharps, are going to be rooting for is the most boring game of all time where it is low scoring and there's nothing happening and nobody's clearing their props. But it's, we hear that every year. Do you subscribe to that? Are, are you on the hunt for Super Bowl unders year after year? Yeah, there's the old like adage, just like bet overs early in the week and unders late because of exactly yeah. what you talked about, right? Because these numbers get steamed up. And I think that there's some truth to that, especially with the bigger players. We've already seen Travis Kelsey's line open the high 60s. Now he's in like the low 70s. Debo Samuel's line's climbing a little bit. The only one that I've seen go down a little bit was like maybe Brandon Ayuk, but even then that stayed, stayed pretty static because the Chiefs' pass defense is awesome. I mean, their outside corners are really good. So um, yeah, I think it's one of those things where I'll probably be continuing to take more unders. You know, I have a couple of overs just for fun, maybe some like, CMC alternate, you know, 150 yards and two touchdowns, something like that. But other than that, I'll probably just be rooting for a lot of boring unders, which is not super fun. But uh, I don't know. I, I guess I prefer money over fun all the time. <laughs> of course. Absolutely. Uh, we were saying that's why we don't really like going to Super Bowl parties because the people <laughs> who don't bet like we do get on our nerves a little bit. Or a lot, I should say. So do you get into novelty props at all or stay away from that? Yeah, I, I guess what you determine is novelty props is different. So, like, of course, you know, I think I'll bet on the anthem, you know, later in the week just for fun. Um, but, you know, you mean like some, Friday you're... after the uh, after the rehearsal? Is that when you're going to? Yeah, yeah. It? So you could say, you know, maybe, <laughs> you know, you, the birds might be chirping in your ear and you, you might learn a thing or two uh, about what they, the rehearsal looked like. So I think that's always a good edge, uh, you know, around then. Uh, word of advice for new betters, you know, if you're betting on the day of the anthem, or the day of the Super Bowl, do not fade, you know, the steam that came from wherever, which way it moves. So if it moves up five seconds, moves down five seconds, don't bet the other way because it's probably pretty sharp. Yep. Good stuff. Uh, Connor, let's talk about – so we started out the show this morning talking about storylines and, and just things that we, we, we think we're looking for in this game specifically. And the one thing I came back to, you know, we talked Purdy – we talked Shanahan, but the one thing I came back to is you've got the number two and number three ranked defenses in the league in this game. Um, if you look at it, points per game in the league were down a fourth consecutive year. Um, not, a, not a ton, but just enough uh, that it was, again, a, a, a trended down just a little bit. So this kind of falls in line with your, your you know, basking in unders, and I've, I've kind of felt similarly about this game since it was set last week, but... Um, what, what is your takeaway, I guess, from the entire season up through the playoffs? And now we're here at the final game of the year on, you know, we had the primetime under run for a while, right? During this season. Um, it, it feels like things always find a way of finding their level, but should we be thinking about this as we especially go into next season about if there's a new level, I guess, if, if, if there's, you know, a fifth straight year, for example, next year, of declining point totals, I think would be a, a pretty big surprise. It would be the first time in like 30, 35 years. I think we've seen that in the league, but um, just trends to consider as we go into Sunday and then spin forward into the off season. 
Yeah, it's it's interesting because I I've thought about this a lot because you know we talk about totals and things like a fifty point total in today's NFL is like massive. You know, you're like this is a game's gonna be a shootout. Whereas a couple of years ago, you know, games were routinely fifty two, fifty three. You know, some of the Super Bowls were even fifty six and a half, fifty seven and a half point totals, uh, and that in today's NFL sounds just like outrageous. And I think part of that is for a couple of reasons, like quarterback play is you know largely dreadful i mean there's the haves the haves nots like there are a ton of bad quarterbacks that teams have to run the ball more they have to play slower and then another side defensively you see teams kind of just playing a lot more like two safety three safety four safety looks they're not being as aggressive for the most part and like that leads to fewer big plays and less chaos like people are just trying to keep the ball in front of them i think that all of that you know culmination just you know results in much less scoring which is unfortunately more boring for us so uh, I don't think that's changing anytime soon. There are some good quarterbacks coming in, but I'm not sure that we'll see, you know, three CJ Strouds in the next class immediately. So, um, yeah, I think it's for this game specifically, though, as I talked about, I think that it leans towards the under, but that's just because that's how both teams, I think, want to play. And that's what we're going to see here. Uh, you mentioned the Jennings one, uh, Connor. What about some other uh, player props? Run down a few that you really like this uh, with the current numbers. Yeah. Um, so Brock Purdy, you, I took under his passer rating. Uh, it's a fun one. It's, you can find that at 91 and a half, 95 and a half, depending on where you're, you know, betting, um, you know, based on his season that he's like 50, 50 to that this year, but Chiefs pass defense has been, you know, top three in basically every metric. Uh, if you throw a single interception, it's very, very difficult to get above a 95 passer rating. If your completion rate's not high, it's very difficult. Your yards per attempt has to be high. Like, all, like one or two of those things doesn't break his way, and he's going under that number. Um, another fun one, uh, Chiefs' longest field goal, I think, is a good one. Harrison Bucker hitting 94% of his field goals this year. Um, and Jake Moody has missed basically 50% of his field goals from 40 yards and on this year. And then even 40 to 49 range, he's already missed two this postseason. So I think they might not even attempt the longer field goals, depending on the situation. And even if they do, like he's no sure thing to make it. So those are some other ones there. What about either quarterback to throw an interception? Have, are you interested in that? You can still get yeah. decent value there. Yeah, I think either one is kind of fun. There's also, um, you know, BetMGM has plus 115, I think, on over one and a half interceptions total for the game, uh, mm -hmm. which I think is a pretty fun look because it plus money mm -hmm. there. Uh, I think either quarterback is live to throw to, especially if like if Brock Birdie fall, they fall behind and they're like a drop back passing game. Uh, he's going to throw like four picks. I mean, it's going to be like what we saw in the Ravens game. Um, you know, I don't anticipate that happening, but I think it's very much in the range of outcomes. Connor Allen, four for four in bet spurts with us here on BetQL Daily. So if we're thinking or you're thinking, Connor, under, and let's let's talk about the style of game that both teams want to play, right? Would be under, trying to limit turnovers, trying to manage the game. Um, San Francisco side. I know we're not allowed to call Brock Purdy a game manager, but that's what he is. Um, do you start to think about defensive MVPs? We talked about this earlier in the week. You know, you've got Chris Jones and Nick Bosa at 100 to 1. Uh, you've got Legereus Sneed, 250. Fred Warner, 200. Um, and if so, what, are, are there defensive players that you like more than others? Yeah, and I think you set it up well because you kind of have to walk down the path of like, okay, we're talking about like a 2017 win, maybe, you know, 24, 21 at the most, where maybe these quarterbacks are only throwing one touchdown or they throw multiple interceptions each, but their team still wins. And so I think that opens up avenues for a guy like maybe, you know, Isaiah Pacheco or like a defensive player. Um, you know, there were some outrageous numbers. It was like 600 to one on uh, Nick Bolton, uh, you know, 500 to one on Justin Reed. 
You know, like these guys have to score a touchdown. They have to get at least, you know, one turnover, a touchdown. It has to be a low scoring game. But, you know, if I'm already think that that's the most likely outcome, then I think kind of covering my bases, putting like small amounts on a couple of different like longer shots is a fun way to, you know, kind of approach the game here, especially if it is low scoring and largely boring. You know, one pick six from Nick Bolden, uh, you know, could potentially change the game here for me. How many bets do you think you're going to have once we get to Sunday? Uh, let's see here. I'm already at like, if you include the MVP bets, which I have like four, um, yeah. you know, I'm already at like 10. Um, but so I'd, I guess I'll probably be like 15 to 20, depending on, I mean, they they keep adding more stuff. So like every day, like they're adding more and more markets. Looking back at the regular season betting wise, is there any takeaways that you had things you'll do differently, things that you learned? Yeah, I would say that the player prop market became significantly sharper uh, and something that like they were setting lines way lower to begin with. You know, they have a good process now. So um, probably be looking into more derivative markets, uh, you know, as a big, a bigger edge. Maybe it's kicking props. I don't know. I got like four kicking props to this game and now I'm kind of hooked. So who knows? Maybe it'll <laughs> be, you know, kicking, punting props, whatever they'll offer. Well, they'll allow at least somewhat limits on. I think I'll probably be diving into because the smaller markets is where you have, can have a bigger edge and where you can make more money. Uh, Connor, you're here in Chicago. I know you uh, pay close attention to what's going on with the Bears. You always have threads out there on X and how they need to fix things. I have you on the show on the, the score talking about it sometimes. Um, yeah, the rumor mill has just gone crazy, and Coward put it over the top late last week. Then he backtracks the next day. We're going to have to deal with this until we get to the draft. We understand this, but do you think it's all a big nothing? Yeah, I mean, I figured Coward would at least go a week before walking it back. I mean, come on, man. Like, <laughs> he went, it, was, it was a day. It not a day. day. Not yeah. a day. Yeah. Less than 24 hours. Um, I do think that there is some real smoke surrounding the commanders hiring Cliff Kingsbury. You know, that oh, familiarity boy. could be something interesting <laughs> for trying to trade up for Caleb. If they put together a package, which includes a one, a two, you know, and obviously this year's one, like, I think the Bears have to consider it if they have Drake May and Caleb Williams close. I don't, you know, I still think that Caleb's way better. So I would stand pat and take it. But, you know, my opinion doesn't matter for draft betting. So I'm interested to see what happens. <laughs> I think that a move will happen here. I think Fields will probably be traded here in the next couple of weeks. Um, so I think oh, that'll be the first step. And then from there, we'll see, uh, you know, what Poles wants to do. I mean, the ball's in his music, court. Music to Joe's ears. Fields will get traded. Um, <laughs> I also want to thank you, Connor, for retweeting the patent analytics uh, graph on the the worst play callers my Steelers acquiring <laughs> Arthur Smith head and shoulders worse than anybody else I now feel so much better about Arthur and Kenny going into the season just flipping wonderful 13 points a yeah. game here we come can't wait hey we, we we can send you another uh former Bears quarterback if you want <laughs> I mean couldn't be worse than Kenny at this point I mean Connor, thanks so much, man. We appreciate the time. Good luck on Sunday. Yeah, I appreciate it. Talk soon, guys. Check him out at Connor Allen NFL on social media, 4 for 4, and BetSparts as well. He's got his picks up for Sunday already. Coming up next, some interesting news features on the world of sports betting over the weekend and big stories from the NBA. Embiid, LeBron, the Bucks falter again. All next right here on BetQL Daily. We'll be right back with BetQL Daily, presented by BetMGM on the BetQL Network.
from BetQL. Some insight on novelty props before we get into lightning bets in 20 minutes. Yeah, your Gatorade color. Yeah, the length of the anthem, things like that, and just how much they're being bet. Coin toss, getting bet a lot. Uh, as we've got six days until Super Bowl 58, live coast to coast on the BetQL Network. This is BetQL Daily presented by BetMGM alongside Joe and Aaron. I'm Chris, and we've got you for the next few minutes. Uh, as we talk about something, look, it's the biggest betting weekend of the year every single year it's the super bowl so naturally news outlets are going to talk about sports betting two very interesting pieces this weekend that we'll touch on in just a couple of minutes that tried to shed some light on what's going on with sports betting especially where it's been legalized which is most of the country now but uh, there were nba storylines over the weekend that i think we should touch on if only briefly guys and that's we see news about joel Embiid. Uh, He will have a procedure done on his knee. We're not sure how long he's going to be out, but it sounds like an extended period of time. We've got LeBron. (laughs) I don't think it's a big deal. I think he probably just got handed a towel, and who cares what kind of towel he wears in his post-game press conference on the court or his post-game availability on the court in a Knicks towel at the Garden. And the the biggest takeaway of the weekend for me was the Bucs go into a fourth quarter in Utah with a 12-point lead and end up getting outscored in the fourth quarter by the Jazz 40-13. to Guess what? The new Milwaukee Bucks under Doc Rivers are the same as the old Milwaukee Bucks. Maybe the coach doesn't matter, Joe. Maybe the Bucks is just the Bucks. Yeah. Towelgate. That was the lead Towelgate. to me over the weekend. <laughs> you laugh at it. I'm not saying it's too much. But also, I will say LeBron knew what he was doing. He did. Because not only did he take the towel, but while on camera, conducting an interview, draped over, showing the logo. He knew what he was doing. (laughs) He did. A guy like LeBron, he's known every, uh, he's thought about every move that he makes, every word that is spoken since he's been a child, basically. I mean, when he was in high school, his games were on ESPN. So, I mean, he's grown up in front of our eyes. Like, he doesn't make mistakes like that. He doesn't. So, there was some intent behind that. He's not getting traded. NBA is no. stupid for having the trade deadline. Uh, like, just a few days before the Super Bowl, the biggest Super Bowl media day of the week on that Thursday. I mean, it's like how much, unless it's something monster, I don't know how much coverage it's going to get on that day. But, um, yeah, that was interesting. LeBron's not going anywhere, though. Like, we all agree on that, right? This week, he's not getting dealt? No, he's going nowhere. I do think it's weird and calculated that he also tweeted a emoji of an hourglass after a loss to the Hawks. And then, like, the Lakers PR had to cut him off because he was about to go off about something. And I don't think it was good to reporters. Uh, So I'm not sure what he's doing. But I do think it is calculated, and I'm not yeah. sure what he's up to. Because there's now, like, a few things, and it's like, what are you doing? I wouldn't be surprised <laughs> I mean, if he gets traded. I, I'm definitely not in the camp that, like, this is happening, but it wouldn't surprise me. Does he want it's it? It's just too weird that all these things are happening. That's what I'm starting to think. Yeah. Like, he wants well, and, it. And- the the way this could play out is if you're LeBron and you're seeking to save face because you are always worried about like Q score or whatever, uh, or just your image, right? 
you come out with the have your agent come out with the statement on what was it was a Thursday afternoon or Friday morning. Yeah, I'm not being traded. Uh, no, LeBron's not going anywhere. What are you talking about? We're committed to staying in LA and winning a championship. But then you behind the scenes angle for some sort of move and make it look like it was the team's decision, right? The the public perception is, well, LeBron said he wanted to stay in LA. He didn't want to be traded. Meanwhile, he's doing all the things that ask to be traded. Um, mm-hmm. Not playing in Boston, the Knicks towel on the face, on the court. You know, that's, that's to your point, Joe, about him being very calculated about all of these things, I could see that being the chess move here rather than the checkers move that some people, including myself, may look at the towel as. Like, oh, come on, you're going to wear the towel. Okay, yeah, you're upset at the Lakers. Well, no, it's I'm going to paint the Lakers into a corner where they do what I want them to do, but I make it look like it was their decision anyway. As long as you're going to play. I, I Nobody think he's not going to get to Jordan 6, right? Like at this point, no. he's got four. So it's going to be difficult. If he does, he'll probably be finals MVP for all of them, but I just don't see it. Um, it's going to be 40. He, I mean, the I only know. move left is strong arming some poor franchise into drafting your kid and playing a year with him. But like, yeah. who's lining up to draft Bronny right now? Right. Just to have that storyline. That... You could, yeah, could they're you on the same Cleveland team. They it? try to win a, yeah, but if I'm the Cavs, are you are you short circuiting the organization for not only the year or two that that system would be in place, but for the foreseeable future as well? I, I wouldn't. Yeah. I yeah, no, I mean, and they're they're arguably the hottest team in basketball right now. Right, like they have upside. Like they're they're not just oh, it we're LeBron's hometown. No, they're trying to actually win something this year. You could find right. someone that would be willing to do that, but you want to go to a smaller, almost irrelevant market to do that. I don't know that that's on the on the top of the list. Maybe, yeah, he can act like yeah. Is what, what's it do for retiring. LeBron? What's it do yeah. for LeBron and Bronny to play a year in like Atlanta, for example? Yeah. Like, I mean, I Griffey Junior, Griffey Senior, right? Like that would right be similar, I guess. But I don't think that would excite anybody. That would just be good, be nice for them. Uh, we will keep have to keep an eye out on the Embiid stuff and just how long they think he'll be out because um, that's worth keeping an eye on as to, you know, I can't imagine there's any reason to risk him in any regular season action down the stretch. Maybe you get him a few games in right at the end of the regular season, maybe knock some rust off, but who knows? It may be a longer-term injury than that once they get in there and take a look at it. Uh, again, lightning bets in just a couple of minutes to wrap up here on BetQL Daily, presented by BetMGM. But I mentioned it's the biggest gambling weekend, biggest gambling event of the year. It's the Super Bowl. And both outside the lines on SportsCenter, on ESPN, and 60 Minutes did pieces about the sports gambling industry this past weekend. Uh, the 60 Minutes one was much longer and more comprehensive, but mm-hmm. it did make a point about reminding all of us that, hey, the sports books, they've got the intelligence, they've got the algorithms, they've got the machines, and don't think that you're going to outsmart the machines for very long. You know, we all have good, we all have hot streaks, Joe, right? We all do really oh, yeah. well. We all have uh, advantages that we find from time to time, but no single one person is going to take down Vegas. It's the reason they have all those big, shiny hotels out there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I didn't even watch the Outside the Lines piece that was running within Sports Center throughout the weekend. I saw it pop on a bunch of times, but 
I didn't really waste my time with it because, listen, we know what the ESPN executives are doing right now. I guarantee you they saw that piece before it aired, okay? And number one to them is protect ESPN bet. Don't put this in question. It is constantly on your televisions if you're watching any form of that network. So they're not going to do anything crazy. It's not old school outside the lines with Bob Lee where where something is going to be uncovered that's going to shock us all. Like, no, that's not what's happening there. Um, On the 60 minutes piece, I do respect CBS from the standpoint of they're making a lot of money from sports books and they didn't pull any punches, right? Like you've got to consider that they're taking money from a number of sports books that we see on display every single weekend. And the big message that uh, you alluded to, Chris, that I felt that was sent in the piece was betters have no chance. There's more reality to that than not. Um, but I found that was interesting. Now, what they focused on were the most extreme versions of all of it. It was young gamblers that get into a lot of trouble. Uh, gamblers that put their entire paychecks into sports books. I guess that occurs. I don't know of anyone that they, they're down that bad. Like their entire paycheck is immediately going into that. But Aaron, that was a big message that I, I, I saw. And they kept bringing up AI, just another, another way of saying the algorithms, because that's what we've always said for years, the algorithms. And, and now they call it AI with any with everything, but like, yeah, the message was sent. Like, you don't really have much of a chance. But I think I I think it's fair. I don't think it was a bad thing. I didn't t- think like they were trying to take down the sports betting industry. I think it's a good reminder that this should be used as entertainment, not uh, a, a way to quit your job eventually. Because there are very few people in the world that are able to do that. I think that and also just a good reminder of this can be addictive. Like we are approaching yeah. the yeah. biggest, you know, gambling event, like be careful, you know, because I do know um, people who bet thousands and are very irresponsible with gambling. And it's sad. My f- best friend's husband showed me one of his accounts and he was down 30,000 and told me not to tell his wife. And I'm like, dude, what is going on? Like, I don't think the people we have on our show bet like that, but it was crazy to me to see that and know that like people are out there, they're going to bars. They're just like YOLO putting thousands on games and they don't know what they're doing, you know? And it's scary. I, I, you know, I, and it's, especially if you have an addictive personality, you know, I think it is something you need to be aware of to be careful. Yeah. And, and, you know, it's, it's also, it, Lots of things in life, unfortunately, are addictive, not just betting, right? Like mm-hmm. cigarettes, addictive, mm-hmm. booze, addictive, recreational drugs, addictive. Um, these things that we have attached to our hands 24-7, right? Our phones, addictive, right? And, and now you're, you, you, you could make the argument, I guess, and I saw some of the psychologists that they had in the 60 Minutes piece make the argument, hey, not only is your phone addictive, but now you're putting gambling sports betting in that phone, you know, you're doubling down on the addictiveness, right? Um, just keep in mind, and, and, you know, this is a part of all the disclaimers for a reason. Um, and, but this is kind of a more serious reminder. Like, yeah, if, if you're having an issue, understand that it's built to make you want to do it, right? Like sports betting is fun yes. for those that 
understand their limits and understand the responsibility that's attached to it. The same way if I go out on a Saturday night and have a couple of beers, there's responsibility attached to the fact that I'm not going to try to drive home. So understand A, your limits and B, the responsibility that comes with being the adult who's partaking in this activity and understand just how addictive it can be. Um, And so I think that is the big, the big takeaway for me was, Hey, they want to make sure, and this is something the government hasn't really, you know, the government invests in anti-tobacco messaging and anti-drunk driving messaging um, and anti-drug messaging. And they haven't really invested at all in know your limits messaging. The industry itself has tried to create that messaging and the government hasn't mandated it yet. And I think that's probably where things go after these pieces like 60 Minutes uh, last night is, hey, maybe there's got to be some government regulation or at least some people want government regulation on how that piece is handled. Or even just like unit shaming. Like, I don't know if you guys have been around people's like, oh, you're only putting that on it. Like, you know, and it's kind of like, well, one of us isn't down 30,000. You know what I mean? Like, there's got to be like, I I see unit shaming and it's kind of like, all right, so you're chasing now. It just can get spiral out of control quickly, you know? There's... Yeah, there's a lot to address there. Um, Also, as humans, we love to brag about our wins. We don't like to talk about our losses. Like, there's that. Like, there may be people, oh, I know this guy. He just hit on this and he hit on that. Did he tell you about the losses? No, he's not talking about those losses, right? Like, if you start tailing everything, you're going to start to see where the losses are if they're going to share everything. Uh, There's there's that element. The the addiction element, that's what I found actually most interesting, even though we, we know it all exists. The, that, and something to think about when you see these massive bets come in. Because for most of us, the sports books that are available, if you're winning, they cut you off. Or you are limited to like $5 bets or whatever. Um, and if you see a sports book promote, like, yeah, we just took $250,000 from this better on this side. You know what? There's a reason they took a quarter of a million from that person. Because whether they win or lose, they don't care because they're going to give it back to them because they've targeted them as an addictive losing better. That's why they took the wager. And now they're going to use this promotion to their advantage. Like there's a lot of games being played and they talked in the piece also about how just promoting certain things. Okay. We're going to get, we're going to fool people on this is basically what they were saying. Like we're going to get people to Mm. bet this if we, promote this or that also notable DraftKings was supposed to be part of the interview they canceled they decided to back out and not talk to 60 minutes because they probably knew what this was about yeah it's uh it was if you haven't watched it yet we recommend going back and watching it especially the 60 minutes piece you can find it on paramount plus or on youtube uh if you want coming up next though What do we got for tonight, and do we have anything else to add to the cards we've already started to build for Super Bowl 58? Lightning bets on the way. Live coast-to-coast on the BetQL Network, alongside Joe Ostrowski and Aaron Hawksworth. I'm Chris Mack. This is BetQL Daily, presented by BetMGM. We'll be right back with BetQL Daily. Lightning bets to wrap things up here in just a moment on BetQL Daily, presented by BetMGM. 
Alongside Joe and Aaron, I'm Chris. Thanks for joining us. Six days until the Super Bowl. We'll see if we have any more bets to add to our Super Bowl cards in just a second. Plus, action for this evening as well. So we've got BetMGM insights on some of the most bet player props. Brock Purdy, over 12.5 rushing yards. Okay. Isaiah Pacheco, over 66.5 rushing yards. And how about this one? Brock Purdy, interception at minus 120. 99% of the bets are on over half a pick. So 99% of the bets on Brock Purdy. Mm. Uh, in the interception market to throw an INT. Uh, most bet players to score a touchdown. We talked about this earlier, guys, with Jason Lockenfora. Travis Kelsey, Debo Samuel at plus 175. Christian McCaffrey, despite being a heavy favorite at minus 225, the third most bet uh, by tickets to score a touchdown. We talked about some of those uh, late last week when we did our uh, touchdown prop segment. And again, you can go back and find anything as a podcast inside your Odyssey app, A-U-D-A-C-Y, that you may have missed last week as you're prepping for Sunday night. Uh, but, yeah, you could you could still find even money in spots on Kelsey to score a touchdown. Debo, 175. I still like that number. We talked about that on Wednesday or Thursday, Joe. Um, those are popular bets right now. More and more, I, I hear stuff like that, and p- smart people that we talk to makes me think, just look for the most random names and find unders because everybody's listed. <laughs> just just find the unders. Um, but, you know, as humans, we want to come up with a game script in our mind and the players that are going to do okay. well, and this is how it's going to get there. And so we, we look for overs. But, yeah, probably the best way is to find the unders and maybe wait for some of them, depending on if, if they're a, a star player or not. But, uh yeah, that's my, my big takeaway from some of those numbers. doesn't surprise me, 99%. They, there's a negative sentiment on Purdy, especially since he's going up against Mahomes, that Purdy's going to have a bad performance. And Aaron, the number uh, that we saw earlier today, what's the number on his percentage of negatively graded plays in the postseason is like 22% of Brock Purdy's dropbacks in the playoffs have been negatively graded by PFF. Yeah. That's, Which is that's a human. getting lucky more Which is than a being human, good. Though two though i know but circling back to what i said at the beginning of the show like all this purdy slander makes me want to root for the guy now like i hope but you're betting on kc multiple times yeah i don't have a bunch (laughs) of purdy props but i want to it's all of the purdy trash talk i keep hearing is making me want to bet for the guy yeah that and all the taylor swift action it has you spinning back in San Francisco's direction, undoubtedly. Um, (laughs) Taylor, uh, fading the Chiefs based on being just absolutely done with Taylor Swift is definitely an angle it feels like we're going to see people take later this week. And Aaron, I think you can consider yourself at the forefront of that. You are leading the charge on fading the Chiefs because you're tired of Taylor Swift. No. But the problem is I've already invested in the Chiefs. So Twice. while Yeah, while I <laughs> yeah. I am annoyed with Taylor Swift, I'm not completely out on her. I'm not gonna go okay. do all these bets that we talked about um and and fade her. Um the bra but... one I can't get over. I'm sorry. The bra the which one? The, the bra, bra one. Like she's like she's not showing 
What do no. we think is going to happen? I don't think You're that's not part see. of her image. Is it? Never. Or something like that. Never has been. Yes. That would be a no. turn. Yeah, well, yeah, that would be oh, quite man. the turn. Quite the turn. She goes, all right. Like fans or something? <laughs> Lightning best time. <laughs> Joe, why don't you lead us off? All right. Where are we going? Um... Let's start. Let's go to the, the the NBA. I had a tough time coming up with a bet on Kansas, Kansas State. So that means you should probably walk away. Uh, so they're they're hosting Sacramento tonight. They're red hot now. Part of me is like, hey, this Cavs team, you know, don't go too crazy because they've had a great run over the last couple of weeks. But it's been soft competition. I think Washington's next again too. It's like crazy Ooh. how soft their schedule is right now. The line's four and a half. Sacramento's wrapping up a seven-game road trip tonight at Cleveland. I'm going to back the home favorite. I'm going to take the Cavs uh, minus four and a half in that spot. And uh, maybe we'll get to it tomorrow because I know a lot of people jumping in just this week for the first time with Super Bowl props. I'll wait on Reba. Talked a little bit about it last week. And now that number keeps jumping and it's plus money on one specific side that I do like. So... Uh, that's appealing, but I think that's a longer conversation. Post Malone for the for America the Beautiful. <laughs> the, just if you if you watch him with a lot of his covers, man, you want to talk about dragging it out? Yeah, he we always have that conversation yep. with the anthem. Everything is slow. The musicians are slow behind him. It really drags everything out. That's at 109 and a half seconds. I certainly think that thing's getting to two minutes. That of of the two headliners that everybody's talking about, Reba and him, that's yeah. the one I would definitely go over. That's the one mm. I would go over on. So go okay. ahead and over. So I also been looking at this Kings Cavs game because, you know, my guy's playing. Triple doubles plus two fifty for Sabonis. But I don't know. He just had a triple-double. Like, maybe he's due to not get one, especially against this Cavs defense. Uh, the last time they played back in November, one rebound shy of a triple-double. So I may think about that one a little bit longer. Plus, I couldn't find it at BetMGM. So maybe the books are waiting to repost that or something. Or maybe I just couldn't find it. I don't know. It says it was there. And then when I went to bed it, it wasn't there. So perhaps that's a sign I should stay away, but I will be back. Let's go to the MEAC once again, Howard lost to Hampton by a couple points, 63, 61 over the weekend, but they do average down a little bit. I mean, I am on the Howard Bison beat. They were averaging uh, about 76 <laughs> points per game. Now it's down to 75, but their team total tonight, 71 and a half. Uh, so I will bet over Howard's team total. 71 and a half is minus 105. Let's run it back. System play We're doing now. team total Love again? It. Does every yes. book offer this? A Howard team total? It's a hard to find. I... Yeah, I went to one book, the same book I went to last week. The I don't okay. I don't think it's everywhere. Yeah. <laughs> I don't think it's everywhere. Yeah, that's probably a safe bet. Um, <laughs> hey, it hit I, last I, time. I, Easy there. Yeah, no. No, it's working for you. I, I'm there. the one that sat Hello. here and begged you during a break <laughs> to cook up a Howard play for me. Thank you. Um so this may I don't know. I I think in the lab. With uh, Joe staying the away stew. from Kansas, Kansas State, <laughs> I will I will get in the stew 
um, on the Jayhawks. After the way they handled Houston over the weekend, they're laying four mm. on the road in the Big 12. Should I do this? I don't know. Kansas State's lost four in a row, five in a row against the spread. They're only five and seven ATS at home this year. Kansas one and three ATS is road favorites. But I, yeah. this is recency bias. I'll, I'll just be totally honest with you. This is all based on how they look Saturday night against Houston. I'm taking Kansas and laying the four on the road at Manhattan. Um, Clippers are laying just three in Atlanta tonight. They've won eight of their last nine and covered seven of those. The only miss on a cover was an 11-point win in Detroit on an 11.5-point spread. And Golden State, Brooklyn, uh, over 237.5. Brooklyn's got three straight overs. And Golden State, seven of their last ten over. I'm just thinking about Harden and Westbrook hitting up ATL. I don't know about backing them. Yeah, it's it's a viable viable contrarian angle. I will grant you that. A viable contrarian angle. But I'm not playing it because it's only three. So, um, uh, Paul, do you have anything for us, including any feedback from Pebble Beach being turned limited to just 54 holes? You didn't get your final round. No, I, I it was looking a little rough. Cantley was my best best option, and he was six or seven strokes back, so didn't have any much hope heading into the fourth round, final round that never happened. But Wyndham Clark, another not a triple digit outright, but eighty to one was he his pre tournament number. So another big outright a after what a twelve under third round or something like that so i guess we'll we'll go back to the well for the uh the phoenix open this week but so i don't really have a bet more of a uh addendum to betql court an additional bonus case if you will that i want to bounce off you guys and joe especially being a league commissioner for a lot of things um so i want to pick them league shout out me um so it was a nice win um ats nfl league but so these guys are stuck in 1950 and everything is like, got to be a check. No Venmo, blah, blah, blah. So <laughs> how much how, are we into four figures or no four figures, low four figures. Okay. Yeah. So, you know, set out early January. I wait like three weeks, like not like whatever. And then I finally hit the guy. I'm like, Hey man, has not showed up. Uh, can you track it? Like, I don't know how this stuff works or whatever. Or could you just, <laughs> like, I don't know, Venmo me. Um, you could do separate payments if you want uh, yes. to split it, but well, anyway, so yeah. now it turns into a, since it was sent directly from a bank, he's got to call them and do a stop payment, uh, which costs 25 bucks. Get out of he ta- here. He's take- and he's it's taking it out of the wings. We're doing a stop and payment on a, ch- and he's taking right, $25 and he's out, it out of the winnings. to the wrong house? Why? I don't know. Why is he taking out of the winnings? That's what I was like, dude, I like, I I don't see how I that should get taken out of my share. Like, there's Venmo options. I'll meet you at a Starbucks if you want. To Zelle, cash, yeah. PayPal. Zelle, like, there's a million anything. options. This guy's yeah. weird. Okay, I don't Apple like Pay. Yeah, yeah. I'm out. Okay, I was just making sure I'm not totally in the wrong here. No, this guy's an no, idiot. he is totally in the wrong. I'm yeah. creeped out yeah. by this. Yeah, he's making it so difficult, and now he's taking money out and making it seem like you're the inconvenience. No, send me my money. Yeah, yeah. if you know, you're if you're put in charge, don't run things this way. That's right. Go. Yeah. That's right. the lesson. Yeah. That's I, I the run lesson, into Mark. people that I have to track down 
tell me where to send the money. Like, can you just answer no. me? Yeah. Uh, don't you it want shouldn't be money? hard to get you paid. No. All right. We'll count it down tomorrow, five days away from Super Bowl 58. We'll be back here on BetQL Daily for Brian Gerch, Jake Kasson, Paul Aspen, Aaron Hawksworth, and Joe Ostrowski. I'm Chris Mack. This has been BetQL Daily.